everybody, this is Christian Thwaites from Brian Janikowski. This is our weekly podcast going out on Monday, May the 8th. On Monday, May the 8th, I'm sorry, this is Christian Thwaites. And this is Emily Taken-Vertz, and let's get started, Christian. Um, so we had some earnings this week from some bellwether companies, Apple, Google, Facebook. You had an interesting note in your blog uh, that these companies uh, account for nearly 10% of the S&P 500 um, you know, is this one of the risks in this in this type of market? You know, if these companies hit rough, rough patches, is there a risk of them dragging the entire market down with them? Well, there is, just because they're market cap weighted, and and these are three out of the f- four largest companies I- in the market. They also represent five percent in the case of Apple, just under, and then just under two percent each with f- Facebook and Google. So these are real power earnings together, about one point. Uh, seven trillion dollars worth of uh, company assets, which is around about ten percent of the S and P. So the S and P is very is very weighted towards uh, lo- very very large cap, um, which is not so much a concern. But the biggest concern I do have is that uh, the lead, uh, the movement in the S and P is being driven by quite a few companies, about twenty five companies can account for 75% of the growth in the S&P. So we just have to be careful with these great blowout numbers. No one's complaining about them, but we have to make sure that the market is uh, as broad-based as we can in order to really feel uh, comfortable about the level of the market. Excellent. Um, Turning to politics, you had mentioned that politics is really kind of the main focus this week. Uh, It looks like, well, we're having the French elections on Sunday. It looks like Macron is doing well, although, you know, just, uh, you know, as of late, we've got this uh, leak of emails. But even if Macron wins, is this the last of it for Europe in terms of geopolitical risk? I mean, what about Italy in the Italian elections next year? Well, they're coming right up ahead. Uh, and we also had the German elections in the mm-hmm. fall. And also in the European politics this week, we saw the EU negotiators really twist the knife on the British exit plans, where certainly the British Prime Minister and the lead negotiators thought they would sort of be, be dealing on a par with the EU negotiators. And last week, very very embarrassing incident. Um, the EU negotiators basically said that Prime Minister May would not be dealing with the heads of state. So mm-hmm. this is going to be a pretty rough passage uh, until we get clearer ideas on on the terms of this of British uh, exit from the EU. Yes, and you also mentioned we've got the French election, so Macron looks like he'll get in, although this is a classic case of none of the above for the French electorate. They, it seems a very unpopular election, even more unpopular than the one that we had in the US a few months ago. Um, and although he looks like he's going to get in, the greatest risk is if there's a big absenteeism on Sunday and people just out of lethargy, plus it's a three-day weekend, just don't bother to vote. But at the moment, we do think it's uh, likely to be Macron. But I would also point out, as we have for the last couple of weeks in the uh, in the blog, that if Le Pen gets in, I don't think it'll be quite the disaster that many people think it is. At, at the end of the day, France will still be in the EU and most likely still be in the Euro, perhaps on different or better negotiated terms. But I don't think it's going to be the, ma- the mass unilateral withdrawal that people felt that it might that, that that she was talking about a few months ago. So you don't think that this geopolitical risk in Europe has the ability to undercut the good fundamentals coming out of that region? Well, of course, it always does. Uh, I mean, if something untoward happens or 
that there's a big upset. Uh, so kind of never say never. But I think that the the markets generally have become a little more sanguine uh, about the about European politics. They feel they've got the measure of it. They might be wrong, but uh, stocks have held up well. Uh, bonds have held up very well. The German Bund, which if there was a real concern about Europe breaking up, you'd see the Bund uh, oats or the Bund treasury spread uh, blow out, and it hasn't. It's been narrowing. So that really means that uh, people aren't making that a huge flight to, to German quality. They, they feel they can invest in other assets. Um, so I, I think uh, also that the market has been a little better on the fundamentals, GDP growth slightly better than expected up to 1.5%. ECB continued its QE program. They're not likely to back off that on any time soon. And inflation is low and unemployment's a little bit lower. So I kind of put those together um, we, the fundamentals look pretty good. And we actually saw Spain have a 20-month uh, uh, first best number of GDP uh, for like 20 months. So that's, uh, that's a good indicator as well. Great. Um, turning to the U.S. now, we had some good jobs numbers coming out this morning. Um, you know, do these job numbers matter? Um, and these employment numbers matter if we don't see a tick up in wages, if we don't see a tick up in spending? Um, yes, they do matter because uh, there's still an indication of, of growth in the number of jobs. And given that we're running at about 150,000 a month. Now, remember that just growth in the population requires about 100,000 jobs just to keep pace. With, uh, with the growth of, of, of the employment age. So we are a pretty strong jobs creating machine by most international standards, but we've also got a growing population, whereas most developed markets, particularly in Europe, don't have a growing population or a declining one. So we need those just to sort of keep pace with, uh, with, with ourselves. Now, so job numbers are important, but I, we look way below the headlines here to look at the composition of those jobs. And so th this Friday's job numbers there's a big rebound from the prior month, but you know I've always been very concerned about the types of jobs. A, a good 40% of the new jobs numbers are in hospitality, hospitality and services. They pay around $15 an hour compared to a, 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 work, a po um, working population average of $25, so it's almost 40% below. They also work an average of 15 hours a week, uh, sorry, less than the... Um, than, than the working population. So they, they work less and then more part-time and they're, they're less well-paid. So these are not strong jobs. These are ones which you know can, can come in and out of fashion very, very quickly and it can be seasonal as well. So we look at the, the types of jobs um, and the other one is kind of labor participation, which everybody knows is going, is going down. Mostly, most people put it down to to demographics and women exiting the workforce, which they've been doing for a number of years. But nevertheless, we do have less people actively engaged in the workforce, and that's not a good sign. And so would these types, these kind of delineation between the types of jobs, would that contribute to kind of the, the, the weak wage growth, the lack of wage growth um, overall? Absolutely. Uh, we saw wage growth up, and actually it, it declined in growth uh, from prior months, uh, up around about two and a half percent. So that's just really not strong enough for people to go out uh, and feel confident about spending. 
Um, and that, that, that's a number where um, really to get any acceleration in the growth of the economy, we need to see more robust wage growth. And we're not seeing it. And at the same time, we're, not, we're, we're seeing pretty flat numbers in productivity. So people are getting paid a little bit more, but their output is unchanged. So this is really not contributing to a high uh, level of, sort of robust economic growth. So is productivity one of the things that you look to? Um, you know, if you saw productivity inching up or, or even shooting up, would you say, oh, that's a pretty good indicator that sometime soon we'll see um, better numbers in wage growth, better numbers in spending? Productivity is a very important number. Now, Paul Krugman has a nice saying about this. He says, in the short term, productivity is not important, but in the long run, it's everything. I might be misquoting it, but that's broadly his intent. And he's right. In order to get a higher level of standard of living, we need to have productivity growth. And productivity growth in Western economies and in America has been notoriously slow and and meager in the last 10 years. Now, some people say that's due to the changing nature of the economy. Uh, robotics and tech aren't well measured. Some of it is because service uh, businesses have less are less likely to have big increases in productivity than other jobs. I mean, the classic example always given is a hairdresser. They can only do so many heads per hour or per day. Uh, they're not going to start doubling and increasing that. And the more service jobs you have, the, more, the less likely you're going to have large increases in productivity. There are definitely differences uh, and difficulties in, in, in getting hands around productivity, but it's, it's, it's a major problem uh, here and indeed elsewhere. And um, in, for that, if that started ticking up, uh, then the economy would definitely be in much better shape, but I don't expect it to do anytime soon. All right. Thank you, Christian. Thanks very much, Emily. And uh, please check out our blog if you'd like to see further information. Uh, everyone have a good weekend. And here is the disclosure. Please note the information provided in this presentation is for general information purposes only and should not be considered individuals an individualized recommendation or personalized investment advice. Any securities mentioned in this commentary are only several of the successful as well as unsuccessful investments by us and do not represent all the securities that we have purchased, sold, or recommended. Investment strategies discussed in this presentation may not be suitable for everyone. Each investor needs to review an investment strategy for his or own particular situation before taking any investment decision or expressions of opinion on the subject change without notice in reaction to shifting market or economic conditions. Performance is no guarantee of future results, and the opinions represented here cannot be viewed as an indicator of future performance.